0: This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own 5 to 8 shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Hey, y'all. This is your host, Susanna. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 shift. I am so glad you're here. If you've been listening in for two seasons... Y'all are the best. All right. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing with your friends. If you're new, welcome. You belong here. I don't know how you discovered this podcast, but I am excited that you are giving us a shot and investing in your parenthood journey. Today, I have a really cool episode lined up. So today, I'm interviewing two authors who do a lot of work on their own, but also a lot of work together. And so they have this great sort of working relationship where they are podcast hosts and writers, and they do a lot of content around children's ministry. And so I was really excited to have them on, especially leading up to this Easter season. Uh, Mike Norwalkie, he actually is one of the co-creators of The Veggie Tales. So if you're anything like me, you know The Veggie Tales uh you watch them when you were younger my kids watch the veggie tales so yes he is the voice of larry the cucumber so i got to talk to larry the cucumber today and also on my interview was amy parker amy is a fantastic children's author she has authored some of my favorite children's books She's actually authored and been a part of over 70 children's books. And so one of the ones I love is uh, the plans I have for you. I'll post it on my socials this week so you guys can check it out. But it is so great. It is great representation. It's a great message. And it talks about the big plans that God has for our kids. And if you're anything like me, you know that God's got great plans for your kids. And so I have a great conversation to them t- with them today about reading with your kids, the importance of reading, the importance of talking to our kids about really important big concepts in the world you know who our God is and what he has planned for them on a level that our kids understand and can really love and so they also got the opportunity to write a book together recently that I wanted to share with my listeners it's called the Bible for me bible stories and prayers and so it's an adaptation of the some of the the best or i should say some bible stories for children it's part of k love books it's one of the first children's prints to come out of k love books and so mike and amy uh wrote it together there's beautiful illustrations and i am so thrilled to have them on to talk about the power of reading with our kids the power of connection pouring into our kids making sure our kids know about God and Christ at a young age and so y'all are gonna love this episode and so I'm just gonna drop you right in that's all I have for you today I hope you guys are having a great spring as always if you want to help this podcast two ways you can do this share with your friends in real life and on socials and leave us a review on Apple or Spotify that's it I'm out have a great day thanks for being here guys All right, Mike Naraki and Amy Parker, welcome to the Five to Eight Shift podcast. For parents, I'm thrilled to have you guys on today. I know we're going to have a great conversation and my listeners are going to love it. So I'm going to have, Amy, I'm going to have you start off giving us a little introduction. So why don't you tell my listeners where you live, what you do, and my mystery question here is the best meal you've had lately?
1: Hmm. I'll have to think about that one but i know where i live that's in (laughs) murfreesboro tennessee which is south of nashville um and um i have two kids and a husband we all live here in this area Uh, i have one son who's grown who doesn't actually live in this house but we still claim him okay um and then i'm an author um i've been i started out as an editor 20 ish years ago and it just sort of morphed into writing. And so now I, I've written, um, I think, technically more than 70 books with my name on them. Although, to get started, I did lots of um, co-writing and ghostwriting and things like that. But um, but yeah, and, I, and the best meal I've had lately, oh, that's going to be difficult. Um, you know, just the other night I had, and this is going to sound very, very simple, Um, but I had roasted vegetables on skewers and a loaded baked potato. And that just like hit, hit the spot. (laughs) And then I also had some at a different meal, some stuffed mushrooms that are the best ever. They cover them with Alfredo sauce. And yes, anyway, those, those come to the top of mine, but sounds delicious. Okay,
0: good. All right. Thanks, Amy. Mike, what about you?
2: So I live in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, not too far from Amy, kind of just down the road, also south of Nashville, but a little further west, Um, been here for about, boy, 17 or 18 years now, Um, but just love the area, I'm married, my wife Lisa, um, her name is Lisa, and then we have two kids, Uh, my daughter is 23, and uh, in law school, second year, and then my son is 20, and he's a junior in college. Uh, and so, and actually that leads into kind of, you know, part of what I do too. So, um, so. Uh, I'm a, uh, I have, I have three jobs right now. I spent the first part of my career. Um, uh, my, 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 uh, business card read writer, director, cucumber, you know, for, for many, many years. <laughs> I'm aware.
0: Tell us a little <laughs> more for people who might yeah. not be uh, familiar with the cucumber.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So spent, you know, much of my uh, career with, you know, I co-created VeggieTales and wrote and directed, um, and voiced, you know, the, the series for, for many, many years, um, as you know, Larry and other characters. And then, um, Uh, Left that full time in 2016, went back to grad school, uh, got my master's of fine arts and filmmaking. And uh, so part of what I do now is I teach. I'm a college professor full time at Lipscomb University in Nashville, which is where my son goes. So it's kind of nice can see him on campus. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and uh and then i'm also involved in in writing uh amy and i are represented by the same uh agent dan and uh, lynch and so we see a lot of each other and do projects together which is great have our own podcast uh and then um and then i've also written a children's series uh intermediate reader series or early reader series the dead sea squirrels i've got the posters up back here to prove it and (laughs) um and uh, and now in the process of animating those and so uh yeah. So just a lot going on, but I'm having a blast and uh, just really thankful to be able to do what I do. And it yes. is the, 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 the meal question. Does that apply to me? Yes, of me? course. <laughs> um, so I don't, it was really interesting. It was really good. Just on Sunday night, I had venison tacos, Ooh. which, um, I'd never had that before. And they were really good. The, we went over to some friend's house, actually, you know, family's house and, um, they had this ground venison. They made them into tacos and it was really, really good.
0: That's awesome. You know, and when other people make you food, it just tastes a little better. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know if (laughs) I do the same justice to venison
0: tacos. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. We've had some great food in Tennessee. So yeah, I just I knew you guys were from down there. So I thought I'd ask, Um, you know, Amy, it's interesting. I hopped on your website because I'm like Amy Parker, Amy Parker. And I immediately thought of one book and then I'm like, oh my gosh, we have that one, we have that one, we have that one, we have that one. So you are, you have like, I mean, I'll just, you have poured into a lot of families, little family libraries, and I think that's so exciting. And I have to the,
1: um, the plans I have for you. Oh, Aww. that's that one's. I, I want to say that one's my favorite, but then if you said another one, I would say that one was <laughs> oh, that my, one's favorite my favorite too. too. <laughs> but I, the plans I have for you is so special to me. Um, the illustrations are just gorgeous. Vanessa Brantley-Newton yeah. did those. And um, just that that um, multicultural um, representation is, yes.
0: and, and
1: you know, it, it was just so important to me then and it is now. And um, so that one just really holds a special place in my heart. And there's like a whole series they developed around it, which I still don't know why, but I, I just love it so much. And I feel like it's so important. That kids know that God does have plans for them. He created them for a purpose, to to carry out His plans. And if they would just like seek Him, then He'll let them know what they are. And um, and that purpose just gives you you know, drive and momentum in your life. And so I just wanted kids early on to start out seeking his purpose because I've got I've gotten that (laughs) as an adult, I've gotten that backwards a lot. So um, so I thought if we could instill that in our kids, then they'll be they'll be they'll have a head start on some of us adults.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes, one of my favorite books. I love the illustrations. I love the message. And even at the end, you know, when you're like, hey, you still where you didn't get out there? You know, and right. I read at the kids <laughs> and they think it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's such a good fit. You know, and that's a great Thank segue. You. So you guys both have these careers where you really poured into kids and poured into families. And so, Mike, I'll start with you. Why, you know, why are you passionate about creating content for kids, for little learners um, and for families?
2: You know, in a way, I've I've always kind of felt called to do that. Mm. Uh, I remember way back, even in middle school and high school, I loved you know, choir. I loved drama. I loved you know, just being in plays. Um, and and really started to get involved in children's church and in ministry at the time. You know, in high school, became really involved in. I was a huge Jim Henson fan. Got really involved in puppetry. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when I went to college, I, you know, I, I, I had no idea I could do that as a ministry or even as a vocation, um, you know, uh, and you know, I, so I, I headed off to, I wanted to be, you know, duped. do medical school. And so I went to pre-med and, you know, I thought I was going to be a pediatrician oh, wow! And, you know, God had other plans for me. I ran into Phil Vischer. He and I met in college, um, writing and performing together, uh, Phil, you know, and later went on to become Bob the tomato. Um, but, um, I just, you know, I went forward at a youth convention and, and dedicated my life, uh, and, and vocation to ministry. And, you know, First, I thought it looked like medicine. God had other plans, and mm-hmm. you know, in the in, in the in, in the process of going through school and you know working to pay my way through, and um, you know working in video post production and getting exposed to the all the tools of the trade of production and in launching VeggieTales. Uh, but I just I felt I I felt like you know I was called to ministry, and ministering to kids was was part of what God called me to do. And I just you know over the years have just seen the power of story and how that has an impact on kids' lives and, and, you know, over, over a lifetime. I mean, I'm teaching college now to, to kids who grew up on VeggieTales and just to see, you know, how God's word has influenced and impacted their lives. um, to this point, it's just really, really a neat thing to see.
0: Yeah. A little full circle with those college kids, huh? I teach yeah. college kids too. So oh, do you? Oh
2: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
0: I spent a lot of time with them. Amy, <laughs> yeah. what about you? I know you don't exclusively write kids books, but it seems like you have quite a few. So tell us like, wh- how was your path always working with kids like Mike's or did that come about a different way?
1: I went about it more of a ready fire aim way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, in, in high school, um, a writer came and spoke to our class. And that was the first time that I ever thought, oh, you can actually <laughs> do this for a living, because I'd always loved writing and words. And, um, but the ministry thing is something that, is literally in my dna my my great-grandfather was a pastor my grandfather was a pastor my great-grandfather was actually a writer too in in ways we found poems that he's written and things like that that are just that's awesome stunning so um i went to school first to be a nurse because my mom was a nurse and i worked at a hospital and i loved it but then i changed my major to english and did an internship my junior year at tommy nelson the Kids' division of Thomas Nelson. Oh, wow. And it was like lightning struck. I just fell in love with that industry and I didn't care or know what I needed to do there, but I just wanted to be there. I just knew that that's where I belonged, somewhere in that industry. And um, I started working as an editor um, about nine months into my job. I, I got a job as an editor at Tommy Nelson. And about nine months in, they had a cut back and let me go. Oh man. Um, but, yeah. Which I thought was, you know, the end of my dreams, but it was really just the beginning because they said, Wait, we want you to do freelance and I'm like, I don't know how that works. I don't, you know, do I I didn't know how to do a non salaried, non, you can
2: do just as much work, but get paid less. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no. Well, and it sounds that way. You don't get benefits for sure. But um, I actually made more money and was actually the first year was and was actually able to um, branch out, whereas as an editor, you know, a salaried employee. Editor, I could only do the editorial work, but right. as a freelancer, I could take on whatever jobs came my way, and so I started doing a writing for the catalog there, um, which was taking these huge concepts, you know, these. 100,000 word books and bowling them down to 150 words for sales copy to make them punchy and whatever. Yeah. And I did that over and over and over and over, which was excellent practice for writing children's books, because that's essentially what you're doing is taking these huge concepts and bowling them down for kids. Um, so anyway, I just took whatever writing jobs came my way because I was just fueled by that. And then it just turned into um, basically a writing career. I was I was getting my little uh 3-year-old redhead to sleep one night <laughs> which was not working and um I just looked out the window and I said shh the trees are sleeping and he stopped and he looked out the window like what really the trees are sleeping and um and he eventually fell asleep and I woke up with that refrain and that was the night um the beginning of the night night series that was the words Love to it. a night night prayer yeah and that just started my career as as an author at that point and it's been going since so (laughs) i'll take it absolutely that's incredible i love that you can tie
0: it to that single moment that happened that's really cool yeah um You know, I wanted to ask you guys more generally about um, I know, Mike, you said your kids are a little bit older, but you guys have written um, this Bible that just came out, which I'm going to get to in a second. But um, I wanted to ask about your own experiences as a parent and reading to your kids and reading with your kids and the value of how when you, you start to read to them about God and life and then they start to to read it on their own. Like, Mike, what was that like for you going through that?
2: Well, I remember very distinctly um with both my kids I read the Narnia series to them. Um, you know, uh e- each on their own. So I-, I read it all the way through out loud, you know, twice, first to my daughter and then to my son. That's um awesome. and of course, you know, that opens up just a lot of uh, oh, of yeah. questions and the, the kind of the just the the great metaphor that is to to Christ and and the kingdom. And um uh and I you know, I, along with along with opening up their minds to, you know, questions about God and, and Jesus and, you know, the faith, um, it just made them, you know, uh, want to read and, and, and read more and, and have, and, and, and so both of them, you know, just grew up just to be, um, you know, just, just loving books, loving to read. And, uh, you know, I think that's just so important for parents to, to spend that time early on with their kids, uh, in that practice of reading. And, you know, and, and for me, it, it, it brought us together You know, there's, there's an intimacy there with your children that, you know, it's like, okay, it's book time. It's time to read, you know, um, we get to know each other better. They get to know God better. And then they just have that, that good feeling about reading, you know, that they take yeah. with them for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah. Amy, what would you add to that? Um, I mean, I think, what he said is true, like reading with your kids is just in general is such an, it's not just reading, it's not just words on a page. It's such an emotional bonding time, really. Um, And, um, you know, sitting down with a child in your lap and you're, you know, everybody's kind of sleepy and tired and it's a time to just kind of take that deep breath for the day. And, and, and that's the reason I think that's the reason that the Night Night series has been popular is because, you know. Apparently, other parents had trouble getting their kids to sleep. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, but I just, you know, my, and my kids had no choice. Every every book that I read or wrote or edited, they've been integral in. They've they I've read it to them to get their responses. And so um, unintentionally just steeped them in this Christian writing in the process of developing, developing books yeah. Um you know, beyond just reading, but we also had our reading time as well. Um, you know, the giving tree is not a, it's not a Christian book at all, but it's such an emotional book about that sacrificial love that parents have. And then that Christ has for us. Um, and then I can remember reading just in case you ever wonder with my son, my older son. And, um, you know, neither of us really could get through that without being emotional. So I just feel like, When you start early with that process at night of reading with your kids, part of the reason it makes them love reading is, is not the words on the page or the stories you read. It's, it's that warmth and that time that they spend with you and you let them know that it's important to you. And they just, that's, that's going to bring back those warm memories of just being with their parents and feeling loved and safe and um, having that time together. So it's so much more than just than just reading a book you're right it's that connection
0: and I what I think of mm-hmm. what I think is so cool about what you guys do is that your work and this Bible it, it's part of other people experiencing that same connection and so you're really pouring into a lot of families out there and so you guys, you just had this um, new book come out, so the Bible for Me Bible Stories and Prayers uh, with Kay Love Books. And so I was hoping you could tell us a little about whoever wants to answer, uh, a little bit about how it came to be.
2: Wow. Well, so Amy, you got started on this before I came in the picture. Maybe you can better start off this story.
1: I did. So um, Dan Lynch, our agent, had been wanting to do this kind of really personal feeling Bible story book for kids. Um, We want, and his vision really, but I mean, I think we all want this. Um, We want kids to feel like the Bible is not just a book with a thousand pages. That's very scary when you look at it and overwhelming to think about reading it. Mm -hmm. It is this Story of God's people about God's love for us, His people, and the stories are written for us. And it's not about making us the center of God's story, but it's about seeing how God's story relates to us and applies to us. And it's not these ancient words that were spoken long ago; they're alive and active. And um, so we really just—that was Dan's vision—was having having it feel really personal, a Bible for me, a Bible. For the kid to pick up and think this bible is for me and just puts those stories uh we tried to infuse as much liveliness and um you know engaging language into the stories and then the illustrations we started with the illustrations okay um which is backwards for for me and i think for mike too (laughs) it's backwards but it also um gave us a different a freshness when we wrote as well, because the illustrations were already there. So what else could we put into these stories um, to help bring them to life through words? Well, and I remember,
2: you know, we actually went through and we did before we wrote anything, we did illustration call outs, you know, so we would do like, you know, uh, you know, kind of looking through the stories and, and we'd list, OK, it'd be great to see these five illustrations or these seven illustrations for, for this particular story. And then it wasn't until a year later you know, we'd come back to the illustrations were done and then we'd come back and then write, you know, write those stories. And, you know, sometimes it'd be like, why did I pick this illustration? <laughs> but then <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, that, <laughs> and that, and that becomes sort of a creative limit to go. It's like, okay, I need to incorporate this within, you know, the thing. And, and so um, it was really, it was really a, um uh, you know, a process that, that was a little reverse of what I was used to, but it was, it was, you know, I think it was really productive.
0: I don't think I've ever heard of like the illustrations coming first. So I can see how that as a writer. Or would kind of you know have to work work with it backwards is what i'm thinking is that yes.
1: okay but we were able to frame the scenes and that was that was good in a way we knew from the get go what like what are the three main points of this story um or the four or the five main points of this story what are the scenes that we want kids to be able to see what are the scenes with the most action we were able to focus on that first mm-hmm. and then you know <laughs> illustrations can Can take care of a lot of the description um, and that we would typically put into words. Right. So we were able to focus more in our words about other developments in the story that weren't able to be illustrated. So uh, it was a really interesting process. But like I said, it I think it I think it brought a fresh perspective to the story as well. Whereas I would have just sat down and written the story, you know, beginning to end, where I could I had these illustrations to go by to write around. And then to also speak for me the words that I typically would have said, so.
2: Yeah, well, and, you know, and, you know, and and the truth is that, you know, illustrators are storytellers also, you know, and, and, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, not just, not just repeat what is already there in picture, but to have those illustrations and the words work together, you know, to, to form a, a concise story.
0: It's true. I think that sometimes about people, you know, illustrators who are just so creative. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, how can you do Noah's Ark different than has ever been done before? Because there's a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah, you know, yeah. and right. then somebody will, and I'm so impressed. And I'm like, you yep, so have such a talent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Just to see um, that interpretation and that, that the, the, a voice, you know, because an artistic voice, you know, it comes out with, with an author, but it also comes out with, with artists as well. So um, just makes it very, very personal and very, um, you know, specific.
0: It does. It does. So one of the things I wanted to ask you guys Mm -hmm. was in your opinion, um, What's changed since your own childhood and the way kids are exposed to the Bible, you know, for better or worse, or I don't even want to mention technology or illustrations, but like (laughs) give give me some of your own experiences on, you know, what's different today. I,
2: you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is I don't recall ever having sort of an idea that all the stories in the bible were connected somehow there was just like a you know a scattershot you know Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) collection of stories that it's like oh you remember this oh now this now this now this um and you know and i don't know if it's just a function of being older and and age and and recognizing over time how connected they are but i Mm -hmm. kind of feel like um it's a little bit more intentional now you know especially with kids to say okay you know this is this is the story of uh you know, creation, fall, um, and, and, you know, redemption, you know, and, um, and, and, and I know we were very intentional of connecting one story to another, um, you know, pointing to Jesus and in drawing it, you know, kind of this, this, you know, grand narrative around it all. Um, you know, so that, that, that would be my answer. I just, that took, I didn't realize that growing up. And of course, I don't think there was as at least i didn't have a children's bible growing up i just had the you know the gigantic one <laughs> that <laughs> was just really intimidating Yes, i don't know amy what would you say
1: I, I mean i would agree with that um i had the big fat children's bible and my mom would read it and um the bible storybook like it was called something like the illustrated children's Bible or something. But um, my mom would read it and put all of her voices into it, which was awesome. And I mainly just remember, (laughs) um, I mainly just remember Samson, because she would yell every time she would yell, let me die with the Philistines. So that was basically the highlight of my Bible story, Uh, which probably is not... The point that she wanted me to take away from <laughs> the just, Bible. She used to yell
2: that uh, after a day of cleaning, too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I do remember that as a child. And so, it was, Bible stories were very, but but the same thing that Mike said is that everything felt really compartmentalized. And I, and I think as a society, really, that's sort of how we approached it. And now we've gro- grown to this more, um, you know, aerial view of there's Mm -hmm. a bigger story here. It's not just um, a bunch of segmented pieces. This is all God's story. And Jesus is in creation and Jesus is in the fall. And, um, and Jesus was probably there around Samson, you know, somewhere. But but, yeah, but I mean, we see that story of fall and redemption over and over and over and over throughout the Bible. And Jesus is there through it all as, as the, you know, main focus of our redemption story.
0: Yeah. I think that, I I mean, I would probably agree with that on some level and, you know, you almost deal, you know, I, it's almost like once you get a sense of the thread and this aspect and the next aspect, you have such a higher appreciation for, you know, the way that some of the things panned out and how they're connected. And it's, it's more powerful even.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and the hope is obviously, you know, for a child to be interested in the stories, familiar with the stories, you know, kind of have a connection uh, in their mind of, you know, how things flow, but then, you know, just to have a a greater curiosity and a greater interest, you know, as they grow older to dive into, um, you know, scripture.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And so that's a great sort of segue into, you know, one of the last questions I have for you guys, but what do you hope families take away from this experience of reading the Bible for me, hopefully together? Um, you know, what do you hope they learn and and what comes next kind of thing?
1: I, I think it's just what Mike said. It's that... Um that that curiosity that engagement in the scripture we just you know these these stories that Mike and I told are not the bible i mean we we've made them completely theologically accurate we've had them theologically reviewed by three different people but we want kids to dig into god's word yeah. and we want them to have a lifelong love of studying the bible we hope to give them this this big overview of the Bible and God's story for his people. We want them to feel loved and to feel hope and to grow in their faith. But we hope that this is only the beginning of their story.
2: Yeah. And one of the things I love about it too is, you know, Bible for me um, and the way that each story is written, uh, particularly in the prayer that comes after each story, uh, which is kind of thematic to the core theme Mm -hmm. of, all the individual 50 stories, but there's a place for, you know, the child's name, you know, in there, it's a, you know, as, as the parent is reading the prayer, you know, they can um, easily see where their child's name goes in that. And, and it's just, it just feels very personal and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, lets that child know that, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this, this is for me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a part of, you know, I'm a child of God. I'm a part of his story.
0: I love that. I love that. So as we wrap up here, I have two questions I want to ask you guys. So I know you guys do a lot together and a lot separate. So, um, but I want to, number one, I always ask my guests, what's your favorite family activity? So like, what are you into this time of year with your, your kids and your family? And then the second question I'll have you go first, Amy, um, it's just, how can people connect with you? Where can they get the Bible for me? Where can they learn about you? I know you guys have a great podcast actually listened to it this week. And then this happened. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> nice. So tell me like all the things.
1: So um, we we have, uh, when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was um, there, there's a family farm that we go to, and it's just uh, it's we call it the farm, but there's no farming that takes place there, <laughs> but there are tons of deer on the land. And every time we go out there, we see the deer. And right now the daffodils are blooming I love it. Um, and there are hills to hike and little streams running through it. And that, when when you asked that question, that was the first thing that popped to mind. I love um, it. It's nothing structured. We just kind of go out there and, and walk around and breathe in the fresh air. Um, and that that's just a, a rejuvenating activity for our family yes and the boys can run wild and the dog can <laughs> run wild and perfect so it's all good <laughs> um and then listeners can connect with me i am on uh probably my website is the go to uh amy and there you can connect to all my social media
0: okay all right thanks amy Great. mike what do you got for us
2: well so um we our family just really likes road trips you know and i don't know maybe maybe it's my wife more than anything else cuz she just she always mentions like she loves having the children trapped in the car <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's like yes. some forced some forced time together That's right. and they're 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 older now obviously but um we we try to get down to the beach um you know at least at least once a year you know we're in nashville so the panhandle of florida isn't too far uh oh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's striking distance it's like an 8 or 9 hour drive so Beautiful we just, there. we just love to go down there for, you know, a week or a long weekend, um, and just kind of, just kind of hang out together. So, um, that's what we really enjoy.
1: That's
0: good.
2: And, um, uh, let's see. So for me, uh, I am on Mike or Mike I have a website. You can Find out more about me and then on my socials uh, um, on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm really bad with that. So I don't even remember <laughs> what my, <laughs> like Mike Naraki author or something like that. So there's not a lot of Mike Narakis in the world. So that's a, you know, so if you search, you know, you probably find me.
0: <laughs> okay, good. And then, um, what's the name of your podcast too? I, you know, I, it's what the statistic is like the average podcast listener listens to like eight different podcasts. So I I always got to share uh, the other podcast people on my, uh, yeah. on my podcast. So what's the name of the podcast you guys run? Uh, it's well,
2: it's the Bible for kids is the name of our, our podcast. And, okay. and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it maybe it sounds a little deceptive. It's not actually for kids. It's for people who work with kids, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, bringing bringing, uh, ministry and Bible literacy. And so we we speak with a lot of authors who have new books coming out, musicians, um, actors, anybody who's in that space of creating content uh, for kids that's biblically based.
0: I love it. And I think creating content for kids is just, it's so good. You know, you cannot doing this parenting work. You cannot underestimate the experiences that a three and a seven and a 10 year old have and how that molds them into who God wants them to be. And it's, it is kingdom work. It is good stuff. And I'm so glad you guys are doing it.
2: Oh, thank you so much. No, it's, 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 you know, an honor and and just very uh, amazing to be able
0: Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonigle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5-8 to shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.